0: Hey, everyone, Jen Garrett here. It's so great to be back with you on another episode of Move the Ball. Now, if you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And today, inside the huddle with us and ready to help us to move the ball is Don Davis. Don played for 11 seasons with the NFL on four different teams, the New Orleans Saints, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the St. Louis Rams, and the New England Patriots. And while with the Patriots, Don won two Super Bowl rings in the 2003 and 2004 seasons. After retiring from the NFL in 2007, Don was handpicked by Patriots head coach Bill Belichick to stay with the team as the assistant strength and conditioning coach and team chaplain. Currently, Don is the senior director of player affairs for the NFLPA and is responsible for advancing and overseeing the management of varying aspects of player labor issues. Don, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Jennifer. It's great to be here.
0: Well, I appreciate you being here with us today. You know, we first chatted about you being on the podcast a few months back when we were both in Indy for the NFL Combine. And I'm just glad that we're able to sit down virtually and have you on the show. So let's let's, uh, let's kick off our conversation with your football career. You're from Kansas. You played college football as a linebacker at the University of Kansas. What was playing college football like for you?
1: college football is an excellent experience for uh, for all young people i really think that while, edu- while going to school or college education may not be for everybody the lifestyle i think it's just a great time for everybody to grow and develop as a, as an individual to leave the nest leave home and go experience different people and college athletics allows athletes um, that environment that's somewhat structured or actually not somewhat. It's, it's really structured, but it also allows for freedom and, and independence. So I, it was a fantastic experience.
0: Great. And how did playing college football help you to grow and mature into a young adult?
1: I think it's your relationship building. It it develops communication skills, being able to uh, room with, be around, have to do life with individuals who have different backgrounds and experiences from you, uh, who maybe talk talk different than you do, have a different upbringing than you, um, see the world from a different lens. So that allows you to grow and develop, because if you're just if it's just you and your family members or whoever that's closest around to you in your tight circle, I don't know if you can grow as much as you would as when you have diverse um, kind of experiences with other people.
0: And were there any uh, coaches or players that kind of mentored you or helped guide you on your way as you were playing college football?
1: Oh, yeah. When you first get in as a freshman, you will lean heavily on the seniors. Uh, Gilbert Brown, Dana Stubblefield were two men who were drafted into in, in the NFL my sophomore after my sophomore year. So I leaned on them as well as the other veterans. And then when I got to be a senior, junior, junior and senior, I had guys that I mentored that came behind me. And so that that was definitely there. And then also my linebackers coach, Mitch Browning, was really instrumental. in when he recruited me to come there. And anytime that something was going afoul or or just offering advice or if, uh, you know, some stuff was was on and off the field, he's he was one of the people that I could go to.
0: And was there anything that Mitch said to you or anybody else that really stuck with you as you continued on? Yeah,
1: I think there's a lot of sayings and things that you pick up. I mean, the first one is kind of, uh, you know, um, uh, do your job. Don't make excuses. Um, You know, there's one that that Mitch used to always say about. Um, which sounds kind of crazy because he said loose lips sink ships. And that was when we had some drama or some gossip or you hear something or somebody says something that you don't really know. It's just hearsay. So there are just little sayings that, you know, that I think that 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 you pick up over the years that you develop. But I think those are some of the ones that I just remember from um, my college days that have stuck with me till today.
0: Great. And was there any game or event that happened while you were playing college football that really you, you just learned the most from in that college experience?
1: Well, I tell you, when I first started out uh, as a freshman, um, I was one of only three freshmen to actually suit up my freshman season. So I was a true freshman when I started playing and it was game five, our fifth game of the season. We were playing our arch rivals, the Kansas State Wildcats. And so I was a K- KU grad and that was our big game. and. I had to guard. I actually, my the linebacker that was ahead of me got hurt, and I actually got to go in the game. And they ran this put this one play where that would have been a touchdown that I actually batted away. It was a passing play, and I batted it away, and and that that allowed us to you know one not just win the game, but you know uh, be be a part of uh, winning that game. And then I started every day, every game after that. So that was a big—that's a—that was kind of the moment that, or a big moment for me when you're kind of out there, you're thrown out there. It's your first time; you don't really know, and you just kind of let your instincts take over, and it—and it um—it and um, it worked out well for me.
0: That's great. And would you consider that to be your most memorable game, or do you have another game? I think
1: when we uh, my sophomore year, we went to we went to a bowl game, and we went to the Aloha Bowl. <laughs> so as you're me being a kid from Kansas, never really being out the state very much. And then you go to Hawaii to play in a bowl game. That was that was really, really memorable. But I would say definitely that that play, that game was one of the most memorable ones that I had.
0: OK, was it because it was in Hawaii or was there something else about that game that made it really special for you?
1: Yep, nope. I think it's just Hawaii. You always, you know, I think growing up in Kansas, again, you're a Midwestern kid, you you, kind of, you hear about Hawaii, you hear people talk about Hawaii, but that's just so foreign, particularly if you don't travel. So to go and then experience another culture like that and to see like the weather and just all of that, it, it, was, it was pretty special.
0: Got it. Now let's transition to you playing in, in the NFL. So what was transitioning from college to the pros like for you?
1: At each level, the competition gets more fierce. The players get better the demands get more difficult and you have more even more responsibility um, to be accountable for your actions so when you transition when you're in college you start a level of accountability but the coaches take quite a bit of, of that accountability on themselves particularly if you don't play well they look at okay Did we did we coach you up? Right. You know, did we did we teach the techniques? Right. was our game plan. Right. When you get to the NFL, it's about you. Did you make the play or didn't you? Right. So that gets that gets it's just more and you're getting paid. So you're you're you can be deselected quickly. In other words, you can be fired for making a mistake, whereas in college you can be demoted. But not, not not too many are, are literally just thrown off the team unless you do something really stupid. So I think that's it. just it's just another level of pressure and another level of accountability and another level of competition.
0: Gotcha. And now, as I mentioned, uh, when I talked about your bio, you were a member of the Super Bowl winning New England Patriots team for two championships, not just one, two. And so let's chat about the 2003 Super Bowl game, which took place in Houston on February 1st, 2004. New England's playing the Carolina Panthers. And so yeah, this, the Super Bowl is the biggest game in all of football. It's something that every professional football player looks forward to one day playing in. So there you are in Houston. It's the night before the game. What did you do?
1: Uh, It's the night before the game. You're nervous. Uh, You're trying to have your routine. You're trying to get enough rest. You're going through your plays. You're trying to be confident in what you practiced up until that point. But you just try to make it like a typical pre-game before the game, you know, day uh your own everybody has their little idiosyncrasies or their little um whatever they have that rituals or routines and you just try to keep it as normal as possible.
0: And how about the next day? So what did you do like the morning of the game uh to really stay mentally locked in and focused uh for you to perform at your best?
1: Yeah, you uh you go over your plays, you Again, you stay, stick with that routine. You have a pregame at a certain time. You would go to chapel. If you're one of those kind of guys that did, I was always got to go to chapel. I had some stretching. I had some water. Um, you know, you just make sure that you everything. Everything is you get over to, the facility, over to the stadium at the same time. You make sure everything is lined up the way it is. You know, I have a pregame routine that I did. So you try to make it, again, as, as consistent as you can because then that gives you the confidence. You know you've been here and done this before, and you try to make it – as, as close to what you've always done as possible so that it calms your nerves and doesn't make everything so you try to make it because it's such a big stage. and There's so much anxiety that can be tied to it. You try to eliminate all of that that you can and control what you can control.
0: Sure. And now this game, it was a game that was well played by both teams. Thrilling a little slow to get going. But that fourth quarter was pretty intense and it ended up Uh, Adam Vinatieri kicks the game-winning 41-yard field goal with four seconds left in the game. How did it feel winning such a close game? And this is the largest stage.
1: Amazing. I mean, you win at that stage. It's great for fortunately and unfortunately for me. Two years before, I was a part of the St. Louis Rams team that lost uh, to the um, uh, New England Patriots. So... We go all the way to the Super Bowl and lose the greatest show on turf to the New England Patriots. Their Super Bowl. So I, I knew what it was on to be on that side to go that far, be and be favored, and lose. So now you're coming into Carolina. We were favored two years later, and I'm with the Patriots who had just won the Super Bowl. Um, and and it comes down to that kick, right? And then that and that's the same guy who who would. I was on the defeat end of 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 him kicking the field goal. Right. So it was bittersweet for me to just be able to sit in that moment, um, be nervous a little bit. But then you trust that oh this guy's got it because <laughs> it's what he did to me two years ago. And now I'm on the right side and he kicks it through the uprights and it's great. It's good.
0: Sure. And and let's talk about Tom Brady for a minute. So whether you're a New England fan or not, uh, to those listening, there's no question that Tom Brady is an elite quarterback, a goat in many people's minds, but it's not talent alone. We all know this, that makes someone great. So what in your mind really makes Tom Brady and elite quarterbacks like that, an amazing athlete and teammate?
1: I think, well, you started with an athlete. It comes with discipline, dedication, work ethic, It comes with being good at your craft and the discipline of practicing your craft on a daily and moment by moment basis. So it starts there. As far as teammates, you want a guy who's going to give him your all right. He's selfless. He's going to take that pressure on and he's going to perform to his highest level when when necessary. So having that uh, him and having him do that and the man that he is, that really showed in so many ways and so many different examples that I have. So he is truly uh, one of the greatest. And I think he's going to go down as the greatest quarterback to play the game.
0: Yes. And, you know, this podcast, we focus on, you know, there's some sports elements of it, but we're really looking at how the athlete mentality connects to leadership so that you can move the ball off the field as well. And everything that you mentioned about Tom Brady, all of those attributes, those are things that each of us outside of the game should really be looking at. Are we implementing those same qualities to be good leaders in business and in life in general? So I'm glad that you brought all of those up. Now, In your mind, qualities of a good leader. Are there other things that you think that you didn't mention already that are really necessary to uh, practice uh, exceptional leadership?
1: Yeah, I think feedback, self-reflection, having a good team. We we alluded to it, but didn't mention it. It's not a one man show, one woman show, one person show. You got to I think you have to have a good team around you. Uh, it puts you in position to have those other uh, qualities that we talked about with discipline and consistency and dedication and work ethic and, you know, character and integrity. All those things are important when it comes to leadership um, on and off the field.
0: Absolutely. So going back on the field for a minute to outside of Super Bowl championships, what was the most memorable game for you in the NFL and why?
1: It's oh, a good question. You know, there are lots of games that stand out I don't know if of them all though to be fair if there's one that just stands out more than another other than some of the ones where I made mistakes so there was a there was a game where we were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers and I made a mistake they got a got a punt of ours blocked we were on the punt team and their punt return team po- blocked the punt and it was my man and we lost that game now we didn't lose because of that play but that was one of the plays that added to it I got in at linebacker. Right. And it's one of my, you know, six or seven plays, which I didn't get a ton of them always. But here it is. It's, it's a play and I could have made it. Man, who knows if that would have changed the trajectory of me starting even more or playing more or whatever. Right. So I think for me, because being a high achiever, I think I, I tend to remember or what stands out are more the, 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 the times when I didn't play well, other than when the times when I played well or or did what I was supposed to and we won or I had a, a great game.
0: Well, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think it's important for us to look at the lessons or the events where we learn the most. And we learn the most from mistakes, from failures, from outcomes that don't go our way versus the successes. The, success, the successes are great and we feel awesome, but that's not where you really learn the most. It's through these trials and tribulations and failures and mistakes. And that's where you really learn. So I'm glad that you brought up uh, some moments where you, you learned from uh, through making mistakes.
1: I, That's exactly right.
0: So let's transition. It's time to hang up your cleats and you're you're leaving the NFL. I know you stayed with the Patriots, but what was that transition like for you?
1: Well, so for me, what I did was I made sure that I invested in myself outside of the game while I played. Uh, I utilized my resources. I, I tried to make sure I did develop player development type programs. I did externships for the last six years when I played. Uh, so I had set up something kind of if each year, something that I'd be able to roll into should my career end. And so I did the same thing while I was playing. And I set up with the New England Patriots that I, I was going to go into coaching. I had did an internship for three seasons prior with them in the off season in the strength and conditioning department. And I had also did some fellowships, kind of sort of mentorship opportunities in the scouting department because I wanted to test out football. So because I had set that up, I had already had that um, ready to go. Uh, should I decide to hang up my cleats? And so when I did that um, in 2007, uh, right away I went from from playing into the coaching. So I went from the players' locker room to the coaches' locker room. I went from a helmet to a hat. You know, I went from a mouthpiece to a whistle. So that my transition wasn't was atypical. It didn't it didn't happen, you know, like in the draw in maybe some of the drawn out ways or in phases like some do when they transition from the game. But that that's so much a part of our identities. It was kind of like I just switched it, flipped the switch. It was like, okay, I'm done doing that. Now I'm doing this. Still being around the game helped that. I think some guys struggle because they're they're no longer around the game, but I was able to kind of detox, so to speak. I was able to be around the game, be a part of the game, still be in it. in the the locker room, but in a different capacity. So a year and a half later, when I decided to step away from football in the NFL totally and go pursue other dreams, it, it didn't seem as damaging as you hear about sometimes with some guys who struggle with transition.
0: Sure. And now you're with the NFLPA now, and the NFLPA has a number of great resources to help players make that transition. Can you share with us, and I know that's not your primary focus within the NFLPA, but can you share with us some of the, of the programs that the NFLPA has available now to help players as they look to transition?
1: Absolutely. And it it starts in our career services. And and basically our career services start with, um, it's all about experience, education, and exposure. So, and really actually starting with an education. So you got to finish your degree. Everybody needs a degree. If they don't, we try to make sure that they are encouraged to go back. About 60% of our players do come out of College with a degree, but those 40 percent and those numbers, we're hoping to get it up, uh, get them down even more. We're going to start out with an education. You got to have an education. And then if you do have your undergrad education, then you still have to be educated into whatever it is that the next step is for you. And so some of that is just figuring out who you are, personality profile, skills assessment, you know, knowing how you tick. What do you want? uh, What do you want to do in life? So there's an education there. And then there are experiences. Right. So you get an education. You can you can get a formal education, but you get an education through experiences. So we try to set up that through fellowships, mentorships, internships, job shadows. Do something that will help you to expand your education and your experiences so that you can grow and develop your life off the field as well as on the field, because some studies show that those who pursue other interests outside the game um, can uh, tend to refine their skills on the game because it's another level of focus and a different way to use it. And then you just get, and then it's the last one is an exposure. We try to expose guys to different, again, more experiences or expose them to different kind of uh, resources that they can uh, get their hands on, whether it be a podcast, whether it be um, entrepreneurship, um, you know, a job shadow or, or just an, an, an interview, you know, how do you interview Setting up a LinkedIn page, some soft skills that you need, uh, you know, allowing guys to really get some reps, so to speak, in the personal and their personal development. And similar to them when they go to work out for or practice their plays, uh, we need to also do that in the in the corporate world as well.
0: Sure, and I, I love uh, you and I have talked a number of times about you know players making the transition, why some people struggle, and so I just think that the the NFLPA has a, a tremendous amount of different resources available to really help position the player to be successful beyond the game. So I appreciate you sharing some of that with us uh, and for the listeners to be familiar with. My pleasure now you are also in a doctoral program at george washington university um and so talk to us i know you're about to uh, complete and defend your doctoral dissertation share with us a little bit about what is your uh, what is your thesis and and what you're focused on
1: yeah thanks for asking i mean uh, education is the ultimate equalizer it's it's it i believe that it um you know if somebody can uh, and no matter what what you do, your education has to come with you. Right. And so I, I'm, I'm big on that. I'm big on learning. We have to learn to grow. We have to learn to change, you know, and do everything we need to do. So um, I've always been excited to. when I pursued my MBA in 2013, just because I wanted to do more. And then now pursuing a doctoral degree, I just I wanted to learn. In particular, what I wanted to do was I wanted to help athletes. I believe I was allowed to play for 11 years and be involved in athletics. So that I could give back, so I could take my experiences and my learning and and help make the world a better place for those who are coming behind me. So um, in the School of Ed, um, G-Shed, the Graduate School of Education. There is an, an executive leadership program, doctoral program that is executive leadership, and it's teaching leadership, learning, culture and change. Those are the pillars. It's multidisciplinary psychology, sociology. And so we're, what we're doing is we're, we're learning. It's complex individuals leading complex organizations through times of great complexity. So it's all about this leadership, right? And about culture, about change and that. So my, and in particular, what I'm focused on is players and player transition in specific. If we look at literature and transition literature, there are many phases. There are many different types of transitions, but one type of transition is uh, what they call sports career t- transition, S-C-T, sports career transition. And that tends to be around elite athletes, elite Tenth can be not just professional, but Olympic. Uh, It can be collegiate as well, semi-pro, but it's about this, about these, the highest performing athletes and how they transition from something that has been such a huge part of their identity um, and their life into something that has nothing to do with uh, what they've done previously, and that's what transition kind of is. And so, my thesis is: How do? Or my 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 research question is: How do NFL players experience the transition from active to former player? And literature s- speaks about all these different things when it comes to players in this space and transition. But there is no data. There is no research on players in the midst of the transition at the time of collecting the data or the interviews. All of my participants were on a roster in 18, not on a roster in 19. And so they were literally all going through this transition. And I simply you simply ask them a bunch of questions about their experience so you can get at the essence and the heart and the meaning by which they placed behind that experience. So that's what I'm studying. And I hope that that will lead to better serve players who are going through a transition, as well as give us some idea whether some of these programs and services and resources that entities like the NFLPA offer. Do they even work? We don't have any hard data on that or metrics around success rates based on whether you choose to uh, partake in those or not. So that's what I'm hoping to do. That's where my little contribution to the world. And it's really been fun.
0: Good. I know we've been talking about it for, oh, maybe uh, over a year now, I know. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the results of your dissertation when they're done.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: (laughs) So what I want to do now is I want to transition to my two-minute drill and just ask you seven fun, quick questions. Are you ready?
1: Okay. Okay, I am.
0: All right, here we go. What is your favorite food? Steak. Okay, well, how do you like it cooked?
1: Uh, Medium well.
0: Okay. What's your favorite movie?
1: Uh, Hitch. Will Smith.
0: Oh, that's a good movie. Very funny. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> how about what is your favorite professional sports team?
1: Uh, Because I won championships with the New England Patriots, I'll say the New England Patriots.
0: Okay. And what is the best piece of advice that you've gotten from a coach or a mentor?
1: Under promise and over deliver.
0: There you go. That's good.
1: <laughs> and
0: how about what is the best piece of advice you would give someone?
1: My best piece of advice is... Uh, do more with less. Do more with less. You got to learn to be multidimensional and do more than those around you. It's about points of differentiation, not points of parity, not the thing that makes you alike with someone, but the things that make you stand out. So do more with less.
0: Absolutely. And how about what is the, what is one thing that most people don't know about you?
1: Uh, I am an ordained minister.
0: Gotcha. I knew that, um, but <laughs> <laughs> great.
1: I don't think anybody would just know that. So that was the first thing that came to my mind.
0: Sure. Yes. <laughs> and if you could be any superhero, who would you be and why? I think,
1: you know, you would say my, my average, or if I, if I just jump off the cuff, I'd say Superman. However, growing up, I used to watch um, the, the Super Friends. And I always used to love um, uh, the dynamic duo where it was uh, Wonder Twin Powers, so um, they, 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 could, they could always, the, the Wonder Twins could always form into whatever they wanted to once they touch gloves. So maybe I'd say the Wonder Twins.
0: Okay. So now as we wrap up today's show, tell our listeners what's the best way to follow you and see what you're up to. Yeah.
1: Um, at Real Don Davis. That's uh, my Twitter handle. Um, that's what everything is. My website, real sure, um certainly can be on there as well. But that's about all the social I do. I mean, I have a LinkedIn as well. So at real Don Davis. you know, so that that would be the ways that you could follow me.
0: OK, great. And we'll be sure to put all of those uh, in the show notes, too, so people can uh, keep apprised of what you're up to and uh, learn more about your dissertation when you uh, publish it thanks again to everyone who's listening and we will talk to you next time until then make sure that you suit up you show up and you move the ball thank you for listening to move the ball to see more about what i'm up to and how i can help you to move the ball check out my website at